My name is Dr. Austin Tay, and you are listening to Psych Chat. Welcome to episode 15 of Site Chat. In today's episode, James and I talk about coaching. We wonder whether it's coaching just for a selected few. Listen to this podcast and let us know. If you have any suggestions or comments, please send an email to sitechat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Welcome to episode 15 of Psych Chat. My name is Dr. Austin Tay, and I'm joined today with James Molly Kirk. Uh, today, we'll be talking about a topic that is probably close to the hearts of both of us. Um, I decided today we are going to use a question, perhaps, to, to, to put it as a topic. So the question is, is coaching only for... dot, dot, dot... Right. So, James, <laughs> uh, I think you must be thinking when I sent you this uh, an email about this this topic uh, for this episode. What were what were your thoughts? <laughs> well, I thought well, I thought you've obviously got some answer. <laughs> so, I, so I was first thinking about what the answer might be. Um, but it's a it's a great question, um, and uh, you know, I think you and I have already spent quite a lot of time talking about coaching as we're both doing that quite actively as part of our uh, our, our deliveries at the moment. Um, so yeah, great, great topic. <laughs> great topic. Yeah, so it's very unscripted this time. I mean, just a few couple of questions we're going to expand in this podcast. I think coaching is one of those topics that uh, both you and me, we, we get asked a lot by people and organization. Uh, and there's always this, I, I believe there's always this kind of misunderstanding that coaching is only for the select few, maybe the executives or people who really need uh, an external coach to help them in terms of uh, their behavior, change of mindset, etc. Uh, to, to my mind, I think coaching is for everyone. I know this is going to be controversial. People are going to be perhaps sending me emails saying, you're wrong, Austin, that's not true. Coaching is only for people who uh, can afford the time or really need the, uh, the coaching. But I, I, I tend to disagree because coaching is for everyone. And I think maybe it has something to do with the concept of coaching. Uh, to, to me, coaching is, is a journey where someone is perhaps trying to develop a new mindset, a behavior, uh, something that is very important in their career development, um, that they need someone who is able to provide the support, the um, external insight or perspective to guide them along. Um, I think a lot of people perhaps 
kind of uh, uh, mistaken what coaching is. Often I hear people say coaching is about someone instructing, giving the coachee, the coach gives the coachee instruction or, or, or uh, uh, their ideas of how to deal with certain issues. To me, there's more mentoring where you share your experience, what has worked for me before it might work for you. I think coaching is a little bit uh, more than that. I think for both uh, James and, and, and myself, I think as psychologists, uh, we have an additional uh, perhaps edge here because of the understanding of human emotions and behavior. Uh, in our coaching work, I think that is very important. Understanding the coachee as an individual person, how they feel, how they think, uh, does, I think, affect the whole coaching uh, journey. What do you think, James? Um, let's pick up on the first. That first thought um, is coaching only for. So the idea that uh, definitely, typically, you know, historically, if you like, at least in my experience, um, it is uh, coaching in, in businesses is something that you know, HR uh, may have devised the, the policy or an approach to help the high potentials in their development. So it's typically developmentally based, developmentally focused, maybe included as part of a leadership program, sometimes as part of a retention strategy um, to help you know re retain their, their hypos. And those can be um, not necessarily management trainees, but management trainees maybe after three, four, five years when they're hitting that potential you know, rocky period give them a coach, push them on, um, boost their engagement and, and, and performance. Uh, so you're definitely developmentally to typically for you know, high potential, high value people in companies. Uh, rarely for, you know, problematic issues. Of course, that's not ideal. Um, and normally, it's interesting, is, is it voluntary or not voluntary? Is that the, the norm these days, whether coaching is given or whether his coaching is asked for. I think there are two different um, strategies in organizations too, whether they just make coaching available for those who would like it. Um, maybe again, you have to be in a cadre or a management level or something first to be able to have that resource provided or whether it's given to you on your way up the company. So you get under the you know, uh, leaders, operational leaders to senior leaders program. And as part of that, you're given a coach and everybody gets it liked or not. So I think that's interesting. Who's it for and how do they get mm. it? So typically, definitely for business, you know, high potentials uh, and for development and either requested or given. Uh, the and of course, we're talking about coaching in a business context. And we know that the environment of coaching business has really blossomed, I would say. I mean, I haven't got the stats for that, I'm afraid. Yes. But my impression is, I don't know if yours is, so we, we, we're inundated now. I did a quick search on the types of coaching available um, from life coaching, performance coaching, uh, NLP yes. coaching. Uh, these are styles of coaching rather than solutions. But this, this is a heck of a mm. list. <laughs> of styles and intentionalities um coaching for parents parent coaching uh you name it it's all there so and in, in that the bigger world of coaching it would if we're talking about coaching for parents even coaching for managers managers as coaches yes. um life coaches um 
it seems to be that the principles of coaching are being and the benefits of it are definitely being disseminated much more widely now than ever before. Um, I, I don't know what's happening with the COVID response to that, but again, online coaching must be more accessible and therefore price comes down, yeah, probably. Uh, which would again make it more accessible. Mm. Um, if uh, I'm just, just musing now, so if this expansion of coaching uh, outside of the business world and even within it, if costs come down, um, the approach to the benefits of having a coach uh, become more widely um, accepted into mm. life, into parents, into young people, yep. and such that I could go online if I just want help with some idea I've got or a problem I've got, or how might I set up my business, mm. um, how might I solve my relationship, um, how might I, um, um, you know, work out where to go on holiday. I don't know. I mean, I'm just frivolous. But if I need advice, if I need someone to help me think it out, um, other than my immediate network, to go online and hire a coach for a couple mm. of hours seems not a bad idea. No. Uh, if the costs are now right and the attitudes are right. So um, on the first one, is coaching only for... I, I would have to agree with you. It, it seems not only if your idea is sound that the commercial access and even general attitudes mm. to coaching are changing to make it more accessible yeah. as well but putting on my my psychology hat here um while there's a plethora of different types you never take it <laughs> off well sometimes i put a different hat on um uh, okay. the the offer of different types of coaching uh, it's all well and good to cater to different groups of people. I mean, what you were saying earlier on, because both of us are organizational psychologists, we always come from a perspective of uh, organization, the needs, and, and how they actually select people for for coaching. But now with with the the situation that all of us are facing, we're all more working from home and we're all suffering from uh, stress um, and, and other issues. Uh, getting an online coach seems to be a very ideal thing, but as as a psychologist, I'm always very mindful. Okay, I, I'm I'm not saying that I don't agree. There is a choice here. What I'm saying is, when you choose a coach, you have to understand who you're choosing, what their credentials are, because um, I for me personally, I like to be able to identify what methodology people are using or what is the basis of their coaching? Because it's very easy to say you, you have a, a coach for parents, a coach for ch uh, children, coach to teach you how to manage your life or a life coach. But what are the uh, mechanisms they are adopting? Why I say that, I think this comes to the fact of being ethical and also uh, being a coach. You are bound mm. by ethical codes and you have to be careful uh, what you offer. Because I have seen, I mean, in Asia, you, you and me, we, we know that in Asia, uh, I'm sure the rest of the world is the same thing. There are people who call themselves coaches, but the ways they, they deal with an individual uh, sometimes is a little bit questionable. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not here again to adjudicate or judge, uh, uh, not at all. But as a psychologist, in my profession especially, I, I think in our profession, we, we want to be making sure that whatever we are adopting or using, there is an evidence base 
in the methodology that we use. Mm -hmm. And in addition, because we 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 know this, the whole psychology of people, we understand emotions and, and also thoughts. This is where we are a little bit uh, concerned or, or different when we do coaching because we always look at that as a basis also in terms of uh, talking to people in, in the coaching uh, engagement. So it's very important to, to identify when you choose someone, uh, the credential is important. And I think uh, the next question will probably be maybe in the context of uh, uh, organization uh, for coaches, uh, is it necessary that coaches need to be certified, need to have a, a, a certification to show that, hey, I've, I've actually studied in XYZ, you know, coaching organization, I got a certification. Uh, is that like the gold standard for, for coaches? It's a lots of big questions there, Austin. As always, good stuff. Um, the you wondering about credentials that people need to evaluate by credentials. It's you know it's a tricky thing because there's there's no single who who knows what the credentials are. What do they mm. mean? How would how would a how would an HR manager mm. who's looking for a coach mm. for the organisation mm. do that? How would an individual person looking for you know a, a coach for a life coach a, a career boost or a morale boost for whatever reason they were looking for it what what how would they decide and evaluate credentials obviously credentials in terms of you know this person has achieved a certification or they have a, you know a foundation in in psychology or experience you know like a you know, cv professional sort of area of it that's reasonable that a person can then look at that. And the good thing with, with any of the certifications, and there are, as you know, many out there, uh, including ICF, um, they at least demonstrate the person has been serious at some yep. level to get some sort of foundation of knowledge mm. and skills required to be competent in what mm. they're doing. So that obviously serves, and every professional organization tries to do yes. that, doesn't it? That's why you know, the, B, the British Psychological Society exists to try to give the public confidence yep. in in the profession, mm. that the profession is self-regulated, um, has standards, and that people who are trained or or, or linked to the association, the society, yes. you know, have some sort of good standing mm. with which to start your investigation. But you know what? What I was just thinking about when you were talking about that was, wow. If well, if you had if I was a HR manager looking for some sort of coaching program. Uh, for for my for my organization um, and I'm where would I go to to find a group of coaches because I wouldn't necessarily have one who can work in that way would you go to one of the um, um, and I, it reminded me of some the out the the outsource websites like freelancer and Fiverr mm. which are online marketplaces for resources yeah. and you can find I mean, our company, myself, we would find design and, and IT and stuff, experts mm. there. And when you put in your request, you know, looking for whatever, graphic design for this thing, you know, 50, 60 people will yes. pop up. You can put your request and they'll they'll apply for it and try and convince you that they're the one who will do that project mm. for you. I thought, wow, if there's, if there's a coaching bit to that, those sorts of websites the coaches would have to demonstrate those yes. credentials and bid mm. the business 
to demonstrate how they fit with the person's need, style, whatever, budget, um, uh, and negotiate then how to do that engagement. Quite interesting. A decision has to be made. Credentials are helpful. Yep. Um, it's just that I don't think that most people will understand the nature of the credentials, sure. just that they yeah. exist, because there's no, you know, no one's educated in them unless mm. you're part of the ACF and you're doing comparative marketing. Yes. I, mean, I, I think one, one thing we, we need to make it very clear uh, that we, we a caveat here, we, we, we are not saying that uh, anybody who has a certification from any of the uh, uh, certification, uh, coaching certification organization outside uh, is, is not good or they, they are great. Uh, we are not saying that. But as, as a consumer, perhaps, you have to choose the right coach for the needs that you're looking for. Maybe the mm. person is accredited with a uh, one particular organization or they are not certified with a, a organization. I think it's not about just certification itself. It's good to have a certification as a perhaps a benchmark how good this person is, what are the, criteria, what are the uh, expertise that they have. Uh, but that is not the ultimate because there are people who are not certified in any of those coaching organizations. They are fantastic coaches. They, they, they approach mm. it in a very different way. And as you said earlier on, um, there are so many types of different coaching modalities. Uh, some people use neuroscience. Some people use more therapeutic uh, approaches. Some use performance, transformational, um, you know, goal-oriented kind of coaching. So it depends very much uh, what you're looking for as an organization or as an HR person what are you looking for and whether that coach is going to be able to help the coachee? I think that is the most important yeah. thing, the first question. Uh, don't get too bogged down about whether this person is uh, a uh, accreditation from a organi uh, coaching organization or not. Because if you do that, then you are also restricting yourself to uh, only be exposed to a certain type of coaching modality. Because there are so many different types. In Again, coaching is about the coaching. It's not about uh, what I think as an HR person, this person, you know, I think the, the credentials or they look nice, therefore I engage them. It is not about that. Of course, I'm very mindful that organization will be thinking about cost. And I think that that is where you have to do this evaluation yourself. Is cost going to be an issue when you are looking at developing your talent or developing your employees in general. Uh, and if, if, if causing an issue, then obviously you will be looking for someone cheap to do the job. But whether the job is done well is another question. And I think maybe sometimes uh, organizations don't look at that because it's very important. Um, you, you don't see the impact until the person is engaged in the coaching uh, journey. Uh, then when you realize that the coaching is not going anywhere or the coach is not good enough, then it is detrimental to the individual who has gone through the journey. Uh, so therefore, I think a, a important nugget perhaps for organization or HR who are looking for uh, coaches. First and foremost, why are you looking for the coach? And you know, when you identify a pool of coaches, regardless whether they're accreditation, their certification, X, Y, Z, you know, uh, have that kind of uh, meeting with, with the coach or uh, have the coach and the coachee have a kind of uh, first meeting uh, so that they, they understand where they are going to be 
proceeding in terms of this journey. Sometimes, you know, you might be a great coach, but you just cannot work with a coachee and vice versa. So I think this is very important to understand that. And then secondly, the relationship is not just for the coach and the coachee. The organization has to support in all ways. Um, many a times I always get uh, organization coming to me and say, well, can we do a review on this? I said, well, what, three months later? No, I want to keep you posted what's going on. When you have regular uh, updates with the, the sponsor or the HR or the organization, then they are aware. So they can also be on the lookout for that perhaps behavioral change, the mindset change uh, of the coachee because the time you spend with the coachee is very limited. What they do outside mm. is only when when you meet him or her the next time you understand what what the changes they've made or the the uh, experiences they have. But when you are able to keep the sponsor or the HR whoever is in uh, involved in the initial engagement uh, the process uh, you know regularly, I think that is also very helpful because then they can also think as an organization. What else can I support this person to succeed in? The coaching journey it's not just the coach and the coach itself this is uh, obviously a very important uh, relationship but the organization needs to support the process also and i think this this is something that uh, maybe food for thought for organization or hr who are looking at engaging uh, uh, coaches for your employees or your uh, high potentials so this is very important the, the point you were talking mm. about earlier on about uh, online coaching. Now, both of us are kind of involved uh, with this, this situation, the pandemic itself. We are involved a lot uh, on coaching online. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that's the right way to do it? Uh, of course, with this situation at the moment, we can't do face-to-face. -face. Do you think there's benefit in doing so? Um, uh Come back to that in a second, because sure. it's a good question too. Um, I just pick up on the on the just you just talking about about the styles. Um, so credentials, yes, I think we both agree that they are important. Um, it's a useful starting mm. point. I mean, they often demonstrate for most of these associations, you know, several you know, tens or hundreds of hours of of coaching. So you, this person actually is seriously committed, which is great. But it's not you can't make a decision just mm. on that. Um, in our own sort of coaching group, the masterclass we did with them, with eCoach Pro, who we both right. know. What was really interesting from that? But by the um, way, this experience. is not a paid uh, advertisement for eCoach Pro. It's just happened both of us. Right. We, are, we are actually with eCoach Pro doing some work for them. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the interesting thing there was the opportunity to look at uh, in depth at the way that experienced coaches from all around the world did did their work with the same client so it's a client case study mm. um like a role play if you like um which was run over several weeks it was a fascinating study basically because you know 10 12 coaches engaging in a similar role play with the same respondent um over several weeks of coaching and um what was fascinating, so all, all the coaches, you know, well-qualified, well-capable uh, in their, in coaching. So they are, let's just say they are certified coaches. 
Um, some with a wealth of experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, many with a wealth of experience. Oh, including actually. yourself. <laughs> more than my own. More than my own. Uh, far more. But what was fascinating was the flavor of coach you actually mm. got was not radically different. They're all purposeful and, you know, you know, and empathetic, whatever. But it was very mm. different reflecting the style and attitude of the coach right. themselves. Um, everybody didn't necessarily just shape and follow the coachee. So the attitudes... The coaching style was that that was best suited to the coachee. It was, you could see the coach's style. Mm. So I, again, I think just to your point, certifications are, are you know, credentialing is is an important, mm. you know, guide. It's definitely very useful, but it's not everything. Mm. Uh, and certainly, you know, psychologists learn many of these skills without formal certification by any third party. Uh, but the, the style of coaching you're going to get and the actual incompetency that they will deliver yes. um, is something that you've got to look at in much more detail. So it's very, very, coach really, because everybody is very different. Really is. I mean, despite the fact if they, they're... Even at high level Yeah, coaches, I mean, if, even very, if they are certified in a, with a particular uh, coaching organization, everybody's going to use a different style. I think this is, this is the beauty of coaching, isn't it? Because I think that early on, we, we, I was talking about uh, having that... Uh, reconnaissance with your coachee, have the first meeting with them, you can gauge whether you're going to work with a coach or you're going to work with a coachee from the first meeting because mm. uh, you talk about your style, you talk about the way you approach. And I think that's where you gauge your comfort zone with the individual. And, and uh, if you are comfortable with it and how do you actually engage as a coach to the coachee, your style matters. But at the same time, I think we also need to learn to be adaptable. Uh, and I think that is important because the whole journey yeah. is not about the coach. It's about the coachee. We are there, to, as we were, we were sharing early on uh, before this uh, recording, that um, my, my perspective from, from, from uh, doing coaching for, so, uh, for a while, I, I kind of realized that my job is not to instruct, really. My job is to be there as a sounding board, to be there to ask those questions, that make the coachee think about it. So kind of devil's advocate, perhaps, um, and make them see things in a different perspective and not to say you have to follow a particular process or, 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 or route to, to solve the issue. No way, because every coachee is so different. As we all know, individual mm -hmm. differences, all of us are very different. They might be facing similar situation, but everybody's threshold perspective is so different. We need to work with the individual rather than getting yeah. a kind of model answer or uh, a set rules for applying to everyone. It doesn't work that way. So one, one of those interesting questions I always get when I, I, I talk to potential uh, uh, coaches, how do you uh, do your coaching? Uh, and I always look at them very bemused as in, did they expect me to tell them that I'm going to be offering them a thick booklet with lots of exercise so that they could work on it? Is that what they like? And for me, coaching is a very organic thing. Mm. We might be tasked to deal with an issue as mandated by the organization, right? For example, we need to uh, teach this particular coachee to be a little bit more strategic. Yes, this is mandated by the organization. But when you actually get into the coaching journey, 
or sessions with, with your coachee, you realize that this is just the tip of the problem. There are underlying issues that he or she might be facing that result in the behavior they manifest uh, dealing with strategy, for example. So I think this is where, as coaches, we need to take that step back and look at it. Are we helping this individual address the issues and maybe peel it as we would like an, un an onion and see what's inside? What is the underlying issues? So I think the questioning, the, the, the approach is very important for a coach in those sessions. Uh, for, for me personally, I, I like to understand the uh, emotions and thoughts of my coachee when I start my, my coaching. Mm. You know, how are they feeling today? Uh, and of course, I'm very mindful because sometimes when you, you ask this question, they start telling you about what happened two weeks ago, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But this is where you get a lot of information and then you take note of what they have uh, said. And during your coaching session, you pick that up. Hey, from what you share with me, does this fit into what we're talking about now and so forth? So I think this is a, also one way of approaching coaching uh, when you're dealing with your, your, your coaches yourself. But of course, there are other ways when you ask a question like this. A coach is going to tell you a lot of things and then you end up, we are wasting time talking about things that happen and their, their emotions, their anguish, and you know, we are not focusing on what we want to discuss that day. I think, I think as, as a coach, you need to be able to discern when to ask, when to stop, and how to connect what you hear into the issues that you, uh, you're discussing for that session itself. So this is, this is a very kind of interesting dynamic, I, I guess, as a coach. Uh, but as I said earlier on, every coachee is different. So please do not just adopt this methodology I just shared. This is my style. But it might work for you, James. It might work for me. It might work for someone else. It might not work for anybody else. So I, I think you, as a coach, is where we find our our uh, style, our approach, and then having the coaching in mind that this is going to help them rather than forcing the way we do certain things. Sometimes I admit, mm. when I ask those questions, it you know, they don't really work because the coaching is just not opening up. So you try a different approach. You try to address their approach. So I think this is where adaptability uh, and style is very important to remember as a coach. And for, again, organization or HR, this is where you want to ask this coach, how, how do you, or rather ask the coach, how would you do with coaching of this sort? What kind of style would we be using? You know, how is your approach? They, at least you have a sense, okay, maybe this is the right coach or not. Let them have a, a meeting and see. So I think this is, this is a very good, uh, maybe a, a thought mm. again for, for organization in HR. Yeah, I, I, I pick up on your point of being organic and, and flexible. Uh, I, I think that's right. It's, there isn't, I was just looking at a Forbes article a couple of years back. They were saying there's about 36 professional coaching organizations that they'd listed. There's, there's probably 40, 50 yeah. by now. And they probably haven't picked up those who are in Asia and in languages outside of English. Yes. So there may be 100, who knows. So a huge number of professional organizations, there are, uh, by their own estimates, you know, a couple of years back, 50 odd thousand coaches in Western Europe and USA, but I imagine that's doubled by yeah. now. Because I, I thought I saw some number about 10,000 mm. plus just in mm. Holland. Uh, so coaches, there's so many yeah. coaches, so many associations, and therefore so many, so many uh, credentials and so on. Uh, it's impossible 
to choose just on credentials that the, the nature of each of these coaches whatever their learning background is different yep. and so has to be tailored to your task yep. i think on on yeah that that need so while coaches are different of course coaches are humans as well that the each coachee is different and so there's no there's just no you know place you can go to to get coaches who are all the yeah. same who will give you your corporate style that you want the yeah. coaches to be but that won't be the I, case and each of your employees are not uniform yes. either so to your point is <laughs> it must be dynamic yeah. both for the relationship to work uh, within the context of whoever's funding it um so the relationship to work uh for the for the the mechanics of the coaching to change to help that mm. um to help the the coaches solve their mm. problem and even actually in the forbes article one of the critical failures that they saw of the coaching industry was its failure to to be to change their approaches to context that there was not recognizing the dynamic nature of coaching yep. uh, both in context that includes mm. individual in the, mm. in the in the play yeah. so yeah. And the point that you were saying, you know, you don't, you you can't find uh, exactly the same type of of coaching, uh, coach to do the, uh, the the coaching work. If you do that, then it's also again restricting yourself, and uh, all your coaches were just going to have one type of mindset, one type of approach. And I don't think that's even healthy in an organization because then there's no mm. progress. It's just stagnation because you everybody is going to think the same way. So this this is definitely uh, uh, something again to think very carefully for organization uh, uh, or HR people. Just not to just choose a particular group of people because they are all certified by X Y Z. No, I think the the variety that you can offer to your coachee is also equally important because you want a diverse group. Yes, you want to be also uh, diverse in the way you approach coaching issues and not just just one particular type of uh, perspective i think that is, is is very very important when we talk about uh coaching itself now i one question i wanted to to kind of maybe discuss is when we talk about coaching itself maybe for people who are listening their perspective oh coaches only do certain things they will come in and help you and change your behavior uh, uh change your behavior or perhaps give you some tools so that you could actually work on goal setting, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is that all we do as, as coaches? <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> it depends what the aim is. Ah, that's yeah. true. That's true. I think, uh, yeah, I think the coaches there like to help you achieve whatever aspect of, of your behaviors you want to, you want to alter all the goals you want to achieve and that, yeah. As we were saying at the very beginning, if coaching is is more for everybody now, then that, that fits all parts of people's lives, mm. all the different phases and goals that might come mm. up. So, yeah, the coach, coaching is for, needs to be a, to be for those purposes. Um, at least in the sense that you, you have to uh, help people to develop certain things when you're coaching uh, the, the coaches themselves. And I think being coach, do we need to be kind of, you know, as you say, coaches are also human beings. <laughs> we also have downtime. <laughs> Sometimes I think we also need coaching ourselves. Uh, do you think it is important for coaches to also have at least a kind of supervision, support, 
from their fellow peers? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Of course, I think every a, a professional association would would recommend that they they build in supervision um, in the psychology bit. You know that that ideas of being aware of the limitations of your own competency in whatever you're doing is is applies to this as well as it applies to whether you're uh, training, uh, doing a development program. Um, doing doing you know, selection programs, whatever it is we're doing, that limitation, the awareness of our of our competencies, limitations is critical. And I I have to say in 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 this sort of area, to and this I think is is, is about that the humility that's required of of coaches, I believe, because um, the the more people you interact with as a coach, the more situations you will come across, and the more likely it is that you will hit things that your your previous experiences and coaching skill set have not yet equipped you for. And as you were saying, maybe you're also having a bad day, mm. um, or you're not quite you know uh, up to up to your own par, and you need to be able to recognise that moment. And you should you need to have somewhere to go for help. And I, I find that, you know, in our sort of professional community, that help is, is so readily available. Um, and in the smallest parts, even at the beginning of a coaching program, if if I hit a problem with with something that I just can't work out or I just need a second opinion, uh, it's so easy for me to reach yeah. out these days. And it's it's an absolute blessing. And it only happens if um if there's that humility um, and an acceptance of the limitations of our competency, and that's what makes, I think, the coaches must keep flexible, keep learning, and don't go into a practice just having that big hammer, and this is my the way that yes. I coach, this is how it's yep. going to be. Because if it's just a hammer, then every client's a nail, every problem's a nail. And that's just not what you're hearing sometimes you've got to hear clearly what's being said or, or read what's being written and, and not assume it's something and if you're not yeah it it, it is very very important i think but it, the one well, the challenge with that actually is the individual cons- a coach who works on their own ah, in their own yes. practice not having uh, a readily available group of professionals who can advise yep. them uh, and I think in coaching companies, um, if, you, if they've got a large group of coaches, uh, that's, that's mm. great. But again, they potentially have a particular mindset as well because they're being driven by business yes. and to get in the stuff. So there's some complexities about yeah. it. But in general, well, yeah, you, the openness to learn um, and the humility about your own practice, your own capabilities is, is critical, I think, to be able to do that organic morphing you were talking about earlier. Oscar. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, for anyone who is listening who are individual coach or uh, you know, do your own uh, consulting firm, uh, myself and, and James and a few other uh, coaches are thinking of actually starting a coaches support group uh, in, in, in Asia. About, Sounds like alcoholics and <laughs> No, definitely not. Definitely not. We, we, we're not drinking at all. We're all teetotals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, although we, we, we have a lot of, uh, because being based in Asia, both of us being based in Asia, all, all our contacts here will be in, in, in Asia itself. So this, this group is going to be uh, predominantly perhaps 
for people on the same time zone. But I do not exclude anybody who are interested uh, to, to join us. Um, we are still kind of ironing out what are the ground rules when we, we have a support group like this. Uh, I think essentially is, again, as you said, to, to learn from each other, to actually support each other through the journey, through the things that we are, we are going through. And perhaps also in the course of that, learn some new coaching modalities. I think that'd be fantastic. Mm. So if you're interested in your coach uh, based somewhere in Asia or even in Europe or America, if you can fit into our time zone, uh, do send me an uh, email or at sitechat at omnisite.com or tweet to uh, site underscore chat. So I'll be able to talk to you with regards to this support group. Great. That was a fantastic um, discussion about coaching and that was a lot. Now, before we go, I was just perhaps going to twist your arm here, uh, James. What would be a few tips that you would give to an HR person or an organization when it comes to coaching? Oh, uh, <laughs> I haven't thought about that. Uh, I, I think, as with always, you know, start with the end in mind. Try to understand why you think coaching is applies to your to the situ particular problem that you're looking to solve. Mm. Um, first thing, um, and secondly, if you are ex exploring bringing coaches, take your time. Yeah. If, you, if you're not used to coaching and, and you've not, never deployed coaches in your organization, there's a lot to learn as it is a, it is a very fundamental intervention you're mm. making. It can be very mm. profound. Um, you, so like any, um, you know, like putting a, a, taking a drug, if it's a powerful drug, be careful. No other side effects. Yes. So work it out, uh, take your time, talk, talk to people like yourself who are very aware of the industry and of, and of, of guidelines into designing programs or or finding good coaches yeah. uh, and and just take baby steps mm. into it definitely baby mm. steps and um and you hr will learn along yeah. the way um, there's wonderful resource these days i think as we were saying in the beginning cost is coming down accessibility is going up um understanding is definitely improving so it is so much more available and, it, and HR should be definitely, definitely considering it. It should be in their arsenal. And if, they, if they've never deployed it, take their time and, and, and explore. explore. I, I think that's a great tips that you've just shared. Uh, don't rush. There's so many different types of coach there. Find the right one for, for your engagement with, with the, uh, the particular employee. Um, and always start talking to people and, and look around. Um, and then make the decision after that. Great. As usual, James, that was a fantastic discussion. And uh, it's always nice to have you to talk to, to me on uh, controversial issues. <laughs> and um, <laughs> as usual, if you have any comments or suggestions, please send to sitechat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. Till the next time, uh, when we will come up with another <laughs> um, controversial issue that we can talk about in the next podcast. Uh, and thank you again for listening to Sight Chat.